0: Now, the first natural tendency that we want to talk about is based on Isaiah 53 6. You see, I'm going to base everything I tell you on the Bible. Therefore, I guarantee you that it will work. It's not my opinion, it's not my research. It's God's revelation to me. I don't know if you're aware that there are only two ways to acquire information. One is through research and one is through revelation. Now, research may or may not be true. Revelation is always true. Now, I told you that I was in, in the Philippines and I was not very happy. And we moved back to Washington, D.C., where my husband and I started uh, a ministry there. And here I am in D.C. And my assignment is to reach people in powerful places. And I am miserable. And so one day I simply sat down in a chair and I just asked God a question. You ever ask God a question? It's good to ask God questions. He'll answer you. <laughs> we ask everybody else questions, but you need to ask God a question. And my question was, God, what in the world's wrong with me? I don't understand what's wrong with me. Our oldest son had gone off to college. The two young ones were in high school in a strange place. Having come back from overseas, they were driving me crazy. I thought I was driving them crazy. Sam and I were acting again. You know, you go to church and you hold hands, yes, and you go home and you don't speak. And so I said, what's wrong? And you know, I opened my Bible. This doesn't happen to me often. I don't know if it's ever happened to me before or since. And I looked down and there was Isaiah 53.6. I read that verse and I started to laugh because that verse says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I started to laugh. I, that's the funniest verse I ever heard. Nobody ever laughed at that verse but me. Do you know why I laughed? Because the first word in the verse is all and the last word in the verse is all and in the middle there's an Each. Now I ask you, who do you think God is directing that verse to? If it says all and ends in all and has in each in the middle, would you agree with me that this verse is for you? Are you an all? I'm an all. Is there anybody an exception to all? My husband said he's going to write another book before he dies, and it's going to be, Does All Mean All? I challenge you to think about it. Does all mean all to you? Well, if all means all to you, what does the verse say? It says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. And that's what tickled me because, you see, suddenly I saw my problem. My problem is that I want my way. and my way is usually right. Sam wants his way. Guess what? His way is usually right. Our three children want their way. And I suddenly saw that, you know, I have a personality that is um, outgoing. (laughs) Sam has a personality that's ingrowing. You know, Sam can go in the basement and stay two years and be happy. I'd go crazy. i got to be out with the people. So here's our big problem. See, Sam is a person that wants peace. Uh, Don't talk about problems. Now, people get me wrong. They say, they meet Sam and they'll say, well, he talks. Well, I didn't say he didn't talk. But he don't want to talk about problems. You know, you got a problem, you handle it. But I am a person that thinks you should talk about them a minimum of sixteen times. <laughs> so he comes home from a day at the office, and he's been with people all day, and he's tired, and he just needs to get have some space. Now I've been home with those kids all day. They are not people. <laughs> i got to have some people. So he comes in the door and I meet him at the door and i got to tell him what they did. He don't want to hear. He don't want to hear. He's had problems all day. He wants to read the paper. So, okay, if that's the way you want to be. One day I decided, okay, I'll teach you, buddy. You don't want to talk? That's fine with me. So I went in the kitchen. I started preparing dinner. He comes in the kitchen. He says, So, honey, what were you saying? And I said, Nothing. And he walked away. Now, I thought if he cared, he'd ask twice. (laughs) He just went back to read the paper. And I thought, Okay, I won't speak then. I didn't speak to him for two weeks. Now, we'd get in the bed. I know this doesn't happen to anybody else, but we built walls in our bed. And it got deep and wide. And I'd go to bed and I'd say, you know, I really love him. I need to tell him, but he started it. All he's got to do is tell me he's sorry he didn't listen to me when I was telling him off. Man, I hated those times because, hey, get out of them. And so I realized, see, our oldest son is just like his dad. People say, you don't ever talk about Sam in your seminars. Well, I don't know much about him. He don't talk much about what's going on. You know, he calls me every day. Hey, Mom, how you doing? Fine. How are you, Sam? Fine. What's going on? Not much. Well, come by when you can. I will, Mom. Bye. See you tomorrow. <laughs> we have a daughter. She doesn't do this anymore, but she's used to pout. You ever had a girl pout when she's 13, go in a room with her phone, just sit there? Then we have a younger one who's just like me, and he's the biggest, in the face. I want to go, Mom. You can't go, why? Tell me. He wants to talk about it 32 times. Now, you see, when I read that verse, I suddenly realized that it's natural for all of us to want our way. And that's what iniquity is all about. Now, you shouldn't ever quit wanting your way. But I want to suggest to you that the most dangerous moment in your life is when you want your way and you don't get it. (laughs) Especially when you should have it. And you need to learn to pay attention to what goes on in your heart when things don't go your way. You need to learn what your reaction is when you're right and you don't get what you want. See, that's the trickiest part because you'll justify your anger and bitterness and resentment and self-pity because you were right and they were wrong and you won't deal with it. What freedom. Oh, what freedom. You see, I realized that that I didn't, I, I was just responsible for me. And the verse says that God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. We don't all do the same thing, but we all want our way. We all can be selfish. And so it was great when I learned that I have to be responsible for my reactions to Sam when he comes home and he wants to read the paper because he's tired. What pressure I had put on him. Now that's the key, and that's the bottom line of all of our problems. That's what divorce is all about. People rather have their way than be married. That's why kids rebel and run away from home and get into all sorts of trouble. I want my way. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you how I thank God He changed me when our children were young. I shudder to think what kind of relationship we would have today, because I had such a loud mouth. And I could get so mad when they did what I told them not to, and they shouldn't have. When I was right, and I have good judgment, and I tell them what to do, and they go off and do it, you know, I used to just get so mad and jerk them all around. I'd tell our daughter she's lucky to have arms. (laughs) I'd jerk her all around, and then if they were really bad, I would let them know for several days how upset I was. What a miserable way for a child to come home. To a mom who's trying to let them know how mad she is because of what they did. Now there's a lot more in this verse, and I don't have time to develop the whole thing, but I'll tell you, you can spend the rest of your life studying Isaiah 53, 6. Because it says, Oh, we like sheep. Now, why in the world does God say we're like sheep? I didn't have a clue. You see, I I've never raised sheep. (laughs) I've never been on a farm. And so, I decided to spend the rest of my life studying sheep. Now, how do you study sheep? Well, you've got to find people that raise them. And so, it took me 12 years to, to get together enough material, and I wrote a little book that's less than a half inch thick. Sam asked me one time if I was embarrassed that that's all I learned in 12 years. <laughs> and most of it's pictures. I said, no, I don't care. But you see, when I, I, I began to see that the whole Bible was about shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Why is everything about sheep? And so as I traveled in to speak, I would ask people, if you raise sheep, please see me at lunch. And I'd have lunch with these people, and I'd say, tell me what they're like. And the first thing I learned about sheep is that they're the only herd animals that require full-time supervision. Now, I want to stress the fact that they are herd animals. That's important, because I don't want you to think for one minute that I believe we don't need each other. You see, God made us to need each other. We need friends and we need support groups and we need people to encourage us. But more than that, we need full-time supervision. And Jesus Christ was God in the flesh and He died on the cross and He rose from the dead and He sent the Holy Spirit to live in us. And He not only was our Savior, but He is our Shepherd. Now what does a shepherd do for the sheep? He leads them. And that's what the 23rd Psalm is all about. Don't you love it? It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now I believe that. You know what I believe? I don't believe that if the Lord is your shepherd, you'll never want a new pair of shoes. (laughs) I haven't found that to be true. You'll never want a new car or a trip or anything else. That's not what it means because I've never met a person who was following the Lord that didn't want something. So that can't be what it means. But I have decided, this is my opinion. I believe if the Lord is your shepherd and you don't get what you want, you can be contented. Your joy and your peace in life and the hope you have for your future and for the day doesn't depend on what you get. It depends on what God does for you. Now, we need full-time supervision. And I've been traveling and speaking and counseling for about 25 years, and I'm going to tell you, you can make some kind of big mess with your life if you go your own way unsupervised. You can make some choices that you think are okay, and they will be so devastating you won't believe it. People in your family can make choices that can end up devastating you. You see, it's so great that God knows all about us. He knows all of our days. He knows our future. He knows where we need to be, how we need to get there, what we need to know before we go. And all you got to do is decide that you want Him to guide and direct your life and to give you wisdom to make choices. Now, there are two other things about sheep. Sheep fall down and they can't get up. Did you know that? You see, sheep sit on their little tummy and sleep. They fold their legs up and they sleep. And they sleep facing the east. I didn't believe it. We went to New Zealand and I said to Sam, we got to get up before dawn, because I'm going to go out and see if they're asleep, facing the east. We went out a little lonely road and waited for the sun to come up, and there were 25,000 sheep on a hillside, asleep. And they were all facing the east. (laughs) You know what they were waiting for? The sun. They were waiting for the sun to rise and give them light, give them warmth. And I thought, what am I waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you facing east? (laughs) You should be. That's where the light and the warmth and the growth and everything you need emotionally comes from. But if they trip and fall and roll over on their back, they only have five hours to live and then they die. I didn't believe that either. So I asked a man over in Australia and he said, that's right. He said, during the war, I worked on a sheep ranch, and I used to go to work. I was a little boy, 12 years old, and I would take a little lamb and hide him in the bush and put him on his back. And when I quit work that afternoon, I would pick that little lamb up because he would be dead, and I would take him home. And he said, that was not right, but that's the only food we had to eat, and that's how I fed my family. Now, uh, you see, sheep can't get up, but there's something else you need to realize. Sheep can't get sheep up. Now, in my little book I wrote, there's a sheep on his back and there are two over here looking at him, and they came over from the church. And they said, we heard you down, we're so sorry, and we're going to be here till you die. (laughs) Now, if you need food or carpooling or, you know, if you need a bath, we'll help you. Now, you need those kind of sheep because if you're down and you can't get up, you need somebody to take care of your physical needs, but you're still going to die. Now, over on the other side of this is another little sheep, and he says, do you want me to get the shepherd? (laughs) Isn't that great? You see, the shepherd is the only person that can get the sheep up. Now, where do we go when we get down? We go to people. We call our friends, we call our husband, we go to our pastor, we go to the church. That's fine as long as those people encourage you to go to the shepherd to get you up. Now, if you think about it, if it makes sense to you, nobody can touch your heart, God is the only one who has access to the human heart. So why would you go to anybody else? You go to God and you say, God, I'm down. What is it that's wrong with me? And He'll tell you. And usually, it's because something didn't go your way. And you resent it. Because it should have. Remember, you're probably right. Now, you need to learn. I had to learn that the hard way. When one of my grandchildren was ill, and and I didn't know he would even live, my first thought was to call Sam, to call a friend. He lost his hearing, and I was devastated by it. And I thought, I'll call somebody. They'll help me. And I remembered that little sheep on his back, and I thought, they're all sheep. (laughs) Lord, I stood in the hospital here and I prayed, God, I'm devastated. I can't even find the elevator. I don't know what I did with the car. you got to get me up. you got to get me to the elevator, get me to the car so I can go home and take care of my other little grandchild. I don't know how I got to the car. I got on the freeway. And suddenly I started driving home and I thought, you know what, God? you knew this was going to happen. You could have changed it. You could have prevented it. And you are good. And everything you do is according to your plan. Now this is not the way I wanted my little grandson to be at 17 months. But I didn't get my way. And I have to put into practice the things I've been learning. And so I said, thank you, Lord, that I can trust you in these devastating circumstances. And I promise you that suddenly as I drove home, I began to think how exciting it was going to be to see this little boy grow up. How exciting it was going to be to see this little boy learn to talk and learn to walk. He'd lost his equilibrium as well. And I promise you, with tears in my eyes, when I got to my daughter's house, I had joy in my heart. And I said to her, it's really going to be exciting to see what God does with this little boy because, you see, this is the way God wants him to be. This is not the way we want him to be, but this is the way God wants him to be. And therefore, we will have the opportunity to watch him grow and see what happens. Now, there's another thing, and I'll, there are many, many more things about sheep, but I want to tell you that sheep have to be sheared. <laughs> they have to be sheared. If they are not sheared, once a year they die. We had the privilege of seeing the sheep sheared. We went to Australia, and we had a major problem in our family. And these people that we stayed with didn't know that we had a major problem in our family. And I wanted to go home. They took us the next day to see a sheep sheared. You know how they shear a sheep? They sit him up on his rear end and the shearer holds him by the neck and his old feet are just hanging out like this. And they take these clippers and they start cutting all that wool and they pile it up over there on the floor. And I'm standing there looking and I'm thinking, That sheep is not even trying to get away." So I stepped up and I said, What is wrong? This sheep isn't trying to get away. And the old shepherd said, Lady, I control this animal. And he knows it. And he is comfortable in this awkward position as I shear him. Well, Sam came up and asked him to repeat it. Sam wrote that down. And I noticed the front legs stuck out like that. And I said to that man, did you make that leg stick out like that? He said, yes, ma'am. He said, you see, there are danger points on a sheep. There's the jugular in the neck and the hamstring in the legs. And you have to know where to apply pressure to keep the animal still, or his walk will be affected, or he'll die. We looked at each other with tears in our eyes. I'll never forget, we walked out of that place that day and Sam looked at me and he said, You know, Mary Glenn, we know God's in control of our life and we have to stay here. No matter what's happening at home, we have to stay here. We're committed to 11 churches to do seminars in Australia. And that's the pressure God has on us. He said, now the question we have to answer is, can we be comfortable in this awkward position as God shears us? Because we were being sheared. So I challenge you. Are you being sheared? Probably. (laughs) And if you aren't, just hang around you will. Can you be comfortable? You can be comfortable in the midst of shearing, if you know God is in control of your life, if you know that the pressure He's put on you is to keep you still, you know what we do when, when we get sheared and the pressure gets too hard? What do we do? We try to get away. We try to fix it. Make it right. Get it off. And our walk can be affected. Our life can end. So I want to challenge you. (laughs) When you don't get your way, pay attention to your response. When you fall down, remember, other people are sheep. Go to God and ask Him to get you up emotionally. And when He puts pressure on you and starts shearing you and taking things away you don't want to lose, be still and trust Him. And ask yourself that question, can you be comfortable? and realize that's the normal Christian life. Not abnormal, the normal. Because we're all like sheep and we need a shepherd and we have one and His name is Jesus.